0: The scriptures that we're looking at today, I'm actually, I usually just read them at the beginning of the sermon. I'm actually just going to read them as we come to them in the sermon. So let me just pray and then we'll get started talking about parenting. Our Lord, we thank you that you call us your children And that the salvation that you give us is uh, not just an individual experience that we have, but that you save us into a family. And uh, that you call yourself uh, the Father. And how much that just shapes us as a people um, to care about families, to care about children. And uh, we do thank you for the many children that you've given to us in this church. And Lord, you know uh, every struggle we have. You know all the questions we have. We ask that you would take your word, your perfect holy word, and uh, through uh, your servant, a a sinner, that you would now teach your people uh, your perfect holy word by your spirit and apply it to each of our individual lives and that you would give us hope and, um, and you would direct us and that you would shepherd us And we do pray that um, in the years ahead, we would see uh, children growing up knowing uh, that God loves them and uh, that Christ has died for them, knowing that they have a purpose, that they have a mission, knowing that they're a blessing to us and a joy to us. And so we ask that you would uh, use these sermons um, to somehow just shape us and lead us and give us one mind as we uh, strive together to raise children. So we ask for your grace now in Christ's name. Amen. So, um, before we jump into uh, this three-week series, I want to just start by just telling you a couple of my aims. What am I hoping for in doing a a three-week parenting series? And two things, really. The first thing is, this is going to be an exercise in these next three weeks in something called Christian worldview. And this is important that if you're here and... You say, well, you know, my kids are grown up, or I don't have kids, or I, I don't, I'm not even married, and how does this apply to me? I, I, this, this, this doesn't have anything to do with me. Actually, what you're going to be doing over the next few weeks is listening in on an exercise in how do we take the Bible and, and flesh out a worldview about something practical like parenting. Because, you know, a lot of people, when they think about the Christian faith, they think basically what Christi- Christians believe is that there's this one belief about Jesus dying on the cross, and if you happen to believe in that belief, then you get to go to heaven and be with God forever. And if you don't believe in it, then uh, you don't get to be with God forever. You go to hell. That's, that's the summary of it. And it's very arbitrary. You just happen to believe this and you get... That's not what Christianity is. Christianity is God's revelation of himself. Particularly in Christ. And what that does, when God tells us about himself, it tells us about Everything. It explains everything about life in the world. And, you know, C.S. Lewis has a famous, uh, famous quote, that I believe in Christianity uh, like I believe in the sun. Not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. And that what our faith does is it's not just something, it's not just a ticket into heaven, it's something that transforms and shapes the way that we view business, the arts, education, family, government, Anything about being human, of anything about living in God's earth, it's going it's to bleed into and, and touch. And so what you're, you're going to sit in on is we're going to do an exercise in Christian worldview. How do, what does a, a Christian believe about parenting? Something very practical every day. And the way we're, the, one of the ways that you do that, that you answer that question, how, what is a Christian world, worldview of parenting, is you look at the Christian story. The Bible tells us a story about the world, and there's really four parts to it. That God made the world, creation. God made the world and it was good. And he made humans in his own image. Second, that humans have fallen. Their sin has entered the world. We've been alienated from God. That's the second part of the story. The third part of the story is uh, that God has redeemed a people to himself. He's reconciling people to himself. He's making friends with them again. He's bringing them into a family. He's making a family. That's redemption. And lastly, there's consummation. At the end of the story, God is going to make all things right in the earth. God is going to flood the earth with his own presence. And uh, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And every tear will be wiped away. And the last enemy enemy to be defeated will be death. And everything will be made right. So you're living in a story. (laughs) And that's what Christians believe. And so what we do what we're going to do is we're going to take each element of that story creation fall redemption consummation and we're going to how does each element shape something as practical as parenting so this week we're going to take creation next week we're going to take the fall the week after we're going to take redemption and consummation and we're going to say how do each of these elements shape how we we be parents and i think you'll be surprised how what a, how much you know how valuable that is. How much information. How practical it is. It's very. It's been very practical for me as a parent. So that's the first thing: is that we're doing an exercise in Christian worldview, and that's valuable whether you're a parent or not, whether you have kids or whether you're not. It, it'll be. It'll be valuable. Secondly, the goal is I simply want to encourage those of you who are parents. Um, parenting is is hard, and I, I know that it's full of it's of frustration, confusion, a lot of doubts. Um, You know, I'm a person that, I'm not a guy who raised my kids 20 years ago, and I have this kind of romantic vision of, oh, yeah, I just did that, and no problem, you know, why don't you do that? You know, I've kind of forgotten, I'm in the middle of it, okay? Anything that you're wrestling with as a parent or struggling through, Shannon and I are wrestling through those exact same things, and, you know, to be quite frank with you, just this week, my seven year old daughter admonished me <laughs> that I, I was being too hard on our two year old and she wasn 't being disrespectful she was she loves me and she loves her sister, and she was right i 'm figuring these things out and uh, and so i 'm in the middle of it, and I want you to be encouraged that and, and if there 's two things as i 've found you know as a parent struggling through feeling confused frustrated, not sure what i 'm doing. Uh, seeing how hard parenting is, there's two things that uh, I would say Shannon and I feel very confident about. The first is that God's instructions in the Bible about parenting are good. You should trust them. But don't brush them aside. You should trust them and you should, you should follow them. And they will bear fruit in your life and in your children's life. That's one thing that we feel real confident about. The other thing that we feel real confident about is that there's a tremendous amount of grace available to a humble parent. It is possible that you could screw up as a parent every day of your parenting and your kids still love you and still love Jesus at the end of it. That's possible. And uh, so there's there's hope that we come, we raise our kids in faith, trusting in Jesus, repenting of our sin, and uh, not trying to be perfect parents. So what I want to do, two goals, a Christian worldview of parenting, exercising a Christian worldview, and I just I want to encourage you, and I I hope it's that. I know I'm not going to do that perfectly, but um, I I want you to feel encouraged. So um, this week, we're looking at the question of creation, that God made the world and he made it good. How does that doctrine shape our parenting? And I'm going to say three ways that it shapes our parenting. The first is that it says that our children are a blessing to us. Our children are to a blessing. And some of you might think that sounds, oh, that's cute. Uh, that, that goes well on a card, but it, uh, it's, do you need to say anything more? There's a lot to that. That's a big point. Second, um, our children are made in the image of God. And third, our children are not our God. Our children are not our God. So those three things. Our children are a blessing, they're made in the image of God, and they're not God. Okay? So first, our children... Are a blessing. Um, now, the Bible begins chapter one with saying that God made a world. And you know, God's an artist, and He's creating things. You know, animals and trees and sky and the, the rivers and all that. That's God's artwork as a handyman. And as He was, as Genesis one says, as He was making it, He was looking at the stuff He made, and He said, "Wow, that's good. That gives me pleasure. I look at that, and I, that's good." And he's going along, and in the, in the, uh, the last thing that God makes is he makes humans who are made according to his image. And it says in the end of Genesis 1 that God looked, at that point he looked, and he didn't just say it was good, he said it was very good. He says that the way that he had made humanity was something that really especially gave God joy and delight. It was like an aesthetic pleasure. You know, when you hear good music or something that gives you joy, that we, humans had that effect on God. And, um, um, and so the first truth about our children is that they're made in the image of God, and therefore they were made by God good. He did a good job when he made them. And um, that's the first truth about them. The first truth about them is not that they're sinners, you know, I, I don't know, for those of you who've grown up in the church, sometimes Christians have that, um, that, that's how they first think about their children. The first truth about my kids is they're little sinners who are not doing what I say, and we got to take care of the sin, right? That's not, that's the second truth about them, okay? We're getting that next week, the fall, all right? It's true, children are sinners. But the first thing that's true about them is that God did a good job when he made them, and they're made in the image of God, and that means that they're a blessing that if God has given you children, he's given you something amazing, something that gives him joy and delight. I'll tell you that, I mean, you got to, if you're a parent, if you're just a normal person, you got to look at kids and look at, you know, this little running around, and they have ears and eyeballs, and, you know, I'm always doing this to my kids. I'm kind of holding their face and pressing it, and like, are you really real? Where did you come from? And they're like, Dad, stop doing that um but a fascination what what are you it's like you're a miniature little humanoid that's running around talking and and you thinking things and you're admonishing me and stuff like that where'd you come from there is a fascination they're delightful that that should be our first uh observation about children our first belief about children is that they're a blessing and you know uh um Psalm 127 says this, really famously, this is printed uh, in your bulletin. Uh, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. Now, um, many of us, many in our culture, you know, we live in a very cynical culture, and when we hear things like that, oh, aren't children just a blessing? You know, we think of that as kind of a Christian platitude. It's, it's trite, it's shallow, it doesn't, you know, you're, you don't really know, parenting's are hard. Kids, you know, there's the diapers and the, the temper tantrums. You know, just throwing out, aren't children just a blessing? It's, it's really shallow and it's really trite. But let me just tell you, um, that's... Um, this is a belief. Believing that children are a blessing is something that you really have to grab onto and believe. That's when Shannon and I, Shannon and I have found that, that it's helpful to kind of resolve in your heart, this is the first truth about children is a blessing. And I'll tell you two reasons. First of all, you as a parent need to believe that. And as the, your children, they need you to believe that. So first, you need to believe it as a parent because... If you kind of resolve beforehand, before you're in the mess of parenting, that children are a gift from God. That's my my belief about them. It's kind of like getting married. You know when you get married and you say, things are going to be hard. I'm sticking with it. You and me, we're sticking it out. It's going to get hard. But we're in this together. And that actually helps you once you're in the mess of of a marriage and you're, you're having arguments. You're sinning against each other. When it's kind of blocked in with that promise, it actually helps you to work through it. And saying your children are a blessing is a guard, really, for you. Because when your kids are throwing temper tantrums, they're not doing what you say, and uh, they're sinning all over the place, or they punch you in the face, or I've been punched in the face, the, uh, you, uh, you, there's a chance for bitterness and to, to grow inside of you. And so if you're resolved and you're, telling your kids and and you're you're reminding yourself my kids are a gift and you're taking an opportunity to watch them play and say and and kind of taking delight and joy in them then uh, that helps you to not become bitter so first of all you need to believe that as a parent but secondly your children need you to believe that they're a blessing Um, I think that maybe the biggest question that our children are asking us as parents is do I make you happy do I make you laugh? Do I give you joy? Do I give you delight? That's one of the biggest questions uh, whether we're children or whether, you know, our children are asking us. And, you know, I've, I've often thought about how a child's day is almost like a miniature lifetime. You know, they run around, they're playing, they're working, they're building relationships, they're laughing, they're crying. And then at the end of the day, they lie down, they go to sleep. You know, that's kind of what our life is like, right? You know, we're working, we're playing, we're building relationships, we laugh, we cry, and then we die, <laughs> right? And uh, that's, it's a miniature little life. And, you know, at the, end of, uh, at the end of the day, it's very interesting, when the kid has done all the stuff and goes down and lies down in their bed, there's this little scene where the person that they're looking to asking, do I make you happy? that person is looking down on their face and about to pronounce a verdict on their life. You know, when you're tucking your children in, that's almost like a miniature little judgment day. There they are, they're not moving, they're not going anywhere, they're not squirming, and you're looking over them, and I'm going to pronounce a verdict on your life. And, you know, it's, it's become a habit for me as I'm tucking my kids in to, to pronounce a verdict. And you got to find your own way to say this, to tell your children that they do make you happy, that they are a blessing, you know, that you're a gift to me. I can't believe God gave you to me. You make me so happy. I, I love being your dad. It makes me so happy to be your dad. And it's pronouncing a verdict on their life, and they need that. And I'll tell you, actually, one thing that was surprising to me, I didn't know this would be a result of that, but this little scenario, when you're telling peop- your children, you're finding ways to communicate to them what a blessing they are, they are to you, you're giving them language to say it back to you. And that's been, one of the, that's been a real joy when I say that, you know, I'm so glad to be your dad. I'm so glad to be your kid. You know, it's just right back. And I was like, really? Whoa, thanks. You know, uh, and uh, you're giving them language. And I'll just tell you, this issue of a verdict is right at the heart of the gospel, Right? What does the gospel say? You know, all of us, we're spending our life chasing after a verdict. We're wondering, am I a good person? Am I making something in my life? Am I somebody? And we're chasing that verdict our whole life. And every accomplishment we get, we never get that sense of a verdict that God says, you are good. You make me happy. We're running after it. And what the gospel says is what what Jesus does for us, he dies for all of our shortcomings, all of our sins, he dies and pays for them, and he gives us his status as God's beloved son. And so we, at the beginning of our lives, when we become Christians, we get the verdict now that God is happy with us. And so we go into our life not chasing a verdict, but already having it. That is the heart of what the gospel is, and that's the heart of, of, of what we're doing as parents. is We're not telling them, you better run your whole life, and if at the end of your life you're a good person, I'll give you a verdict. We give them the verdict at the beginning. And so we send them out into the world already with a verdict that you are a blessing to me. You make me happy. I'm glad to be your dad. And it's in that security that we send them out. So believing from the beginning that children are a blessing is hugely practical, okay? I think it's practical. It shapes my everyday kind of parenting, believing that, okay? And, you know, I, I, should, I should say one other thing about why it's important. It's actually very countercultural in our culture, our culture, whether they say it or not, the mood is that children are a burden to us. They're limiting our freedom. I don't get to do the things that I want to do. And it's very, it's very uh, you see that by how many children. Um, people who believe that children are a blessing, they have children. People who, don't, who think they're a burden don't have children. And so this is actually saying what the doctrine of creation says, that our children are a gift from God and made well. That, uh, that's a countercultural belief that we say that children are blessing. So first, first point, children children are a blessing. We need to believe it. Um, second, our children are made in the image of God. And uh, you can see that in this passage in, in the bulletin in Genesis 1. It says, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And what this means is that each one of our children is made in the image of God. So that means that um, they uniquely, they're kind of like an angled mirror. And each of our children uniquely reflects to the world something about God's character, something about who God is. There's something about God that only they can show the world. And um, let me... uh, and, and that's, that believing that really shapes our parenting in a number of ways. Um, the first is that the image of God t- says that we, we need to teach our kids how to have dominion. It's not a word that we use a lot. Um, but uh, you can see that there in, in verse 28. And God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion. Subdue it and have dominion. Now, a little little explanation on what this means. In the ancient world, you know, there'd be all these kings that would have their little kingdom and their land that they're, they're responsible for, and one of the ways that kings would mark out what land belonged to them is they'd make these statues of themselves, and they'd kind of litter them around the boundaries so that people would know, oh, I'm coming into king so-and-so's uh, territory. So one of the things that God's doing is he's making statues of himself, but a chunk of rock doesn't do the trick. He needs to make People Like you and me, living, breathing, creating, creative, laughing, loving, dancing, kind of living people. That's the only thing that will do to kind of give you a, a picture of what God is like. And so that's what we are. And uh, what he does is he's littered us around the earth. For God to say, this is my earth. <laughs> and everything's, everything's mine. And I, I want my presence everywhere. And I want my rule everywhere. And so he's, he's littered us all over the place. And what that means, for what it means to be human, is that we're like these sub-kings. Like, God is the king of the earth, and he kind of makes us as, like, sub-kings or sub-creators, you know? And that's what humans do. They, they take God's earth, and they make something out of it, you know? So this, this building is trees and I don't know what else, out, you know, rock or whatever. And we took the trees and rock, and we made it into something. We're sub-creators in the earth. And there's, you know, there's a lot we can say about that, but that's one of the things that our children are doing. They're made in the image of God, and they have a calling to go out into the world as, as little kings, to create something, to make something. And I think that one of the biggest ways that we prepare our kids for that is teaching them to not fear the world. The world is something that God has called them to go and be kings over, to not be afraid of. And... Um, And I think that as parents, we often have opportunities to challenge our kids to not be afraid. You know, this happens, I'm not sure I'm the best at this as a parent, but, you know, just last summer we were down in um, West Seattle and we were going through, there's some trails in West Seattle and we were walking through and there was this stream, it's probably four feet wide, it's a little, you know, it's a little deep, if you fell in it you'd get wet. And Lucy runs, and she's my oldest, runs and jumps over the, the stream, and Will kind of, not going to do it. And, you know, I don't think I can make it. I don't want to get all wet. And, and so, I'm. this is how I am as dad. I'm just like, Will, you have to jump over that stream. Or you're disobeying your dad. If you don't jump over that stream. Now, only because I'm like, you know, the worst thing that's going to happen, your foot's going to get a little wet. It's not the end of the world if your foot gets a little wet. It's worth it for you to take the risk and go for it. And... And so, after five minutes of, no, I'm not going to do it, no, you have to do it, uh, he backs up, and he's like, ah, you know, screaming, and he made it. And he spent the next, uh, you know, ten minutes jumping back and forth, and he still had to go, ah, each time, but the, uh, what he's doing is he's, he's the king of the stream. He's making himself, this is my stream, I own the stream, right? And They need to be taught, their their inclination is going to be towards fear. And we need to encourage them. This is not to show them. I mean, there are some things kids should be afraid of, right? Don't talk to strangers. Don't take candy. You know, I know you'll do anything for candy. Don't take it from strangers, right? But some things to say, this is not something you should be afraid of. And, you know, actually, I I do a similar thing with my kids. We were at a park by our house, and I I was having them ride on the handlebars of the the bike on, on the grass. You know, it's safe. And they were like, Dad, I don't feel good about this. And I'm like, No, just get up there and I and I have them yell at the bike while I'm, I'm like, Who's the king of the bike? I am. I'm the king of the bike. You know, tell them who's the. You show that bike who's king. Okay, you're the king of the bike, and you're encouraging them now. A warning about that. <laughs> you can You got to know your kid. Okay, there's. This is a wisdom thing. I think you do need to do that sometimes. But you know we, uh, another example, we were down in uh, Mount Vernon, and my daughter Ada, she's two, we were going into, there's this museum there, it's a kid's museum, and the, um, it has, in this museum, they have a semi-truck in the museum, a real semi-truck, and they have a boat in there, it's intimidating, and she walked in, and she's like, oh, this is scary, and I said, Ada, you have to go in there. I, you are not, you will, because I knew she would love it once she got in there, I knew she, I knew her, I knew once she just jumped into it, she would, and, and it was a battle, I mean, I had to tell her, you have to obey me, I'm telling you as your father, you get in there, you're disobeying me if you don't go in there, have fun, so we get in there, and I'm, I'm taking her hands, I'm taking her hands, and I'm kind of making her do stuff, and she's sobbing, and, but, you know, five minutes later, she's like running everywhere, And so you know, so I thought, okay, this is my new trick. This is what I do. I make her do stuff. (laughs) A week later, we're at my parents' house, and the kids are jumping through the sprinkler. But it's May, and and the sprinkler's freezing cold. And and Ada's like, I don't want to go in the sprinkler. And I I dumped the hose all over her. And the poor girl, she didn't want that. (laughs) Okay, it's freezing cold. So I was like, comfort her. I'm like, sorry. You gotta, you know, what's the formula? There's no formula. You gotta figure it out. Uh, there's sometimes you gotta do it. You, you're, you're pushing your kids, but you you're, need to train. You need to train them to not be afraid of the world. You don't want to be afraid of the world, and so that's part of it. We're teaching them dominion. They're kings in the world and to be confident. Um, a second part of, of image bearing. You know, by the way, this is a little bit of a long sermon. I'm sorry. Uh, it's longer than usual, but. Bear with me. I have five kids, so I've learned a lot over. The, uh, lots, lot to say. The second thing about that our kids are made in the image of God is um, that we need to learn to understand our kids, our child's bent. That you know what I said—that our children uniquely reflect to the world something about God. It's our responsibility to find out what is it about them. What is their their calling? Of they there's some something about God that they're supposed to show the world. What is that? And we need to discover that about them. And um, you know, Proverbs twenty two six. This is uh, I think this is in your bulletin. The, um, says uh, train up a child in the way he should go, even when he is old, he will not depart from it. And you know, this is a lot of times this verse is talking about you know discipline your children a lot, and then they'll do right things when they're older. This is actually, literally, it says, train up a child according to his way. And then when he's old, he will not go away from it. Your child has a certain way, a certain uh, way of reflecting who God is. And it's your job as a parent to discover what that is and to encourage that in them. To name it in them. And encourage them and say, this is what your calling is. Um, There's this great, if you turn to page three in your bulletin, I think, I think this quote's in there. I'm sorry. I should have looked over the bulletin. But this, this, there's a Dan Allender quote that says, "A bent is this is this in there? Starts a bent. Okay, good. Um, a bent is the manner in which God has uniquely written a person's life story to reveal God's character. It is closer to the idea of a theme or the deeper meaning of a story. Reading our child's bent is not a matter of taking a series of personality tests." Instead, it is the demanding call to watch, listen, study, and interpret our children. It requires enormous wisdom to see our ch- children's true bent versus our own dream for what our children will accomplish or become. That's a great line. That uh, It's a demanding call to watch, listen, study, and interpret our children. And, you know, I'll tell you, our culture tells children... You can be whatever you want to be, you know, just follow your heart, you know, you're, you weigh 120 pounds and you could play football in the NFL if you wanted to, just work hard at it. No, you can't, you can't do, uh, 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 there's something nice to that, to say, to encourage people, you know, to, you know, take risks and go out there, but your children have a specific calling from God and it's discovering what is God called them to be. And naming that and shepherding them in that. And, you know, I'll just, I'll, I'll tell you, my, my dad, I didn't grow up in the church, but uh, one, one way that my dad did this in my life, I, you know, I was a pretty quiet kid. Um, my mom still says that. She says, you know, it's weird that you get up and give sermons. You're a very quiet kid. Um, but even when I was very young, I'd be on sports teams or something like that, and I'd get in the car after a game, and my dad would say, everyone's looking to you to lead them. I was like, what are you talking about? And throughout my life, everyone is looking to you, and I, I'm like, what are you, I don't know what, what are you talking about? I hardly even talk. No one's looking to me to lead them. Were you out there? What are you thinking? And even, you know, I was a teenager, I was on drugs, dropping out of school, you know, running away from home. Everyone's looking to you to lead them. I was just like, get over it. <laughs> later in life, <laughs> later in life, you know, I, God calls me to plant a church and to be a pastor he was t- naming a-, a calling he was seeing something in my bent that i didn't even see and he was leading that and that was preparing me and and it really it- there was there's a comfort in me and you know in being a pastor or you know starting a church he was seeing that in me and naming it and so one of the ways uh, i'll tell you specifically boys and girls are different um one of you know th- we all uniquely uh have a bent, you know, or a, a unique way that we show the world God's character and who God is. Um, There's certain aspects, uh, and, you know, you've got to find that out in your own children, but there are certain aspects of boys and girls, um, and I'm going to try to just touch on this briefly. Um, boys do have somewhat of a calling of using their strength for the good of others. That's part of the calling of God for a man is using your strength for the good of others. And um, so there is, you know, there is in our culture a sense where we don't want boys to be rough and be, uh, um, you know, play battles or play fighting. Or um, and, and there's a sense in which that's good. I mean, as Christians, we, we don't want our children to be violent. Um, and, and that's the key is we want kids to be using their strength for the good of others. But I'll tell you, you know, I'm, I'm always telling especially my boys, like, you're living in a world, there is evil in the world, there is a darkness in the world, and God has called you to push back the, the darkness in the world. You have a calling in your life. You're going to meet people, and you're going to love them, and you're going to serve them, and you're going to use your strength, you're going to use your courage to, to do something in the world. You have a calling. And, you know, boys have that in them. I, this just, sorry, I know I'm just like tons of illustrations here, but um, my, my son Will, we... We had a. Uh, we, Shannon was cleaning out a garage and he found a Lord of the Rings soundtrack. And he's never seen Lord of the Rings. Um, and if you know what Lord of the Rings is, it's a lot of battles fighting orcs and and ogres and things. Or, uh, is, you know, it's a very uh, battle oriented movie. He's never seen it, but he said, oh, I want to listen to the soundtrack. So we put, we put it on in the living room and Shannon and I are kind of peeking out through the kitchen door. And as soon as the music comes on, something triggered in him (laughs) and he was in a new world all of a sudden and he was fighting orcs he never he doesn't even know that that's a movie about battles but there was something in it there was an instinct in him and the next half hour he our living room was chopping heads off things and and there's a sense of uh and that's that's in him of course he needs to learn as a christian to use his strength and uh to use it for the good of others but to not squash that Okay, God's made him that way. And, you know, it's similar for girls. You know, girls also, they, they want to be in the fight. They want to they make an impact. That, that's true for girls as well. But girls primary, have a more primary instinct towards relationships. I mean, God is a relational God. That's a huge part of who God is. God is a trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit. And so part of uh, how a girl is going to grow up to image God is, is in building relationships. And I think that's important of, of seeing in a daughter... Uh, seeing those qualities of how they love people, how they reach out to people, and also being sensitive. Uh, you know, we'll talk about this. Uh, we won't talk about this next week, but, but um, you know, boys, when they're sinning, they tend to be more defiant. They're using their strength to do something uh, violent or, you know, breaking something. or uh, And girls when they're being sinful, it tends to be more in relational things. You know, they're kind of cold towards people. They give, you know, bad looks. They want to gossip a little bit. And uh, and seeing that in, in cultivating the spirit of, of, of gentleness and re- relationships and warmth and compassion, seeing that in girls and naming it when you see it. Naming it in boys, naming it when you see it. Okay? So... Creation, this is a lot so far, right? Creation, children are a blessing. Children are made in the image of God. They re- uniquely reflect the image of God. And this last point, this is an important one, so we have, to, we have to go over it, is that the creation, the fact that God created the earth, says that our children are not our God. Our children are not God. And uh, the doctrine of creation says that God, there's a separation between the creator and the creation. And I'll tell you, our culture, there's a huge pressure as a parent. And there's tons of magazines, books on parenting. And to make your whole identity, everything about who you are, how good of a parent are you? How much do you love your children? How much do you serve them? Um, how are they turning out? Are they, are they smart? Are they in sports? Are they becoming someone? Are you doing a good job? There's a tremendous amount of, uh, of, of pressure. And a lot of that is an idolatry making our children our God. Giving the only, God alone deserves our total allegiance, not our children. So let me just say a couple ways, a couple indicators of how do you know whether your children are becoming a God in your family. And um, the first thing is this, is that um, you can tell by whether your marriage is the primary relationship in your family. Your marriage should be the primary relationship uh, that you're, trying to restore so you know my kids will ask me you know dad who who do you love the most in the family your mom no problem uh done (laughs) you know i love your mom the most she's my favorite okay uh (laughs) she's my favorite and they're like no which of the kids i love you all the same but i love your mom more than all of you and that that you know what they're not sad by that that's what they want that actually creates security in them. They want their pain. They want to see us smooching and stuff in the kitchen. And, and they want to have a sense, you know, they do something else when we're not around. Uh, they should have a little indication that that's going on, right? So um, an indication is if your children, uh, if your marriage is falling by the wayside, that's maybe because your children are becoming a god. Your whole identity is wrapped up in i got to train my children. So another thing, another way that I think you can, an indicator of, if your children are becoming a God, is are you able to laugh about parenting? Um, I've learned this from Shannon a lot. Um, we, w- when we lived in St. Louis, we were flying to St. Louis about a four-hour flight, and Will was under two, so if a child's under two, you can fly, they can sit in your lap when they're flying, so of course we did that. We're not going to buy him a seat. And it was our first flight that long, and um, I remember I was holding him, and we hadn't learned that you need to get, bring sippy cups on the plane to put your drink in for the children. So we have a laptop out for the movie and they're bringing us drinks. And I'm I'm juggling a kid and I got drinks and Lucy over here and everything. And I'm trying to grab these drinks and there's this orange juice in my hand and Will's sitting in my lap and he's just, turns it upside down. And all over my lap. And Shannon is just hysterical laughing. Just This is the best thing that ever happened. She's like, oh, you just got to laugh, you know? It's like, what can we do? It's just funny. And I'm like, it's not funny. Uh, and, you know, 10 minutes later, Will grabs the lady's hair in front of us and rips out a handful of hair. And I'm like, this is not funny. And, and Shannon's like, you know, you just got to laugh. And, and in a sense, you know, if you're making your kid into a god, you want to control everything. You want to control their behavior. You want to control how they think. And that will create a tremendous amount of anxiety in you. And if you're never laughing about silly things like that, then it's probably you're making your kids into a God. You're making them the center of your identity. And I'll just tell you, in the same way that your kids need their verdict on their life at the beginning of their life, you need your verdict now too. And the verdict is that if you are in Christ, God has forgiven all your sins, and he loves you as his beloved child, and you'll be with him forever. Your your life with him is secure. You have nothing left to prove. You don't have to prove anything. Jesus has proven everything for you. So stop trying to prove yourself as a parent. Your children are a bad place to find that verdict. Find that verdict only from God and he gives it to you freely. And so here it is. Look at one doctrine. God created the earth. <laughs> Seems like a simple thing. Look at how much fruit there is. That's what a Christian worldview does. It's just loaded it shapes everything, and it's like the sun that uh, helps us to see everything. So would uh, God just give us grace as parents? Let's pray together. Our Lord, we thank you for the challenge of parenting. We ask that you would uh, teach us. You are the great father, and uh We thank you that uh, you have blessed us and that you actually see us as your children as a blessing. Even in all our sin and all our shortcomings, would we see our children as a blessing? Would you help us to find their bent and see how they uniquely reflect your glory? And would you give us repentance that we would not make our children our God, and we would make you alone our God? And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.